25th Line, Mike Todd here, in arena host for your Columbus Blue Jackets, and you're listening to the Subjectively Speaking Podcast. And now, here's Jeremy Paul and Laura Norman. What is up, everyone, and welcome into another edition of Subjectively Speaking on the Hockey Podcast Network, presented by DraftKings. My name is Jeremy. And I'm Laura. And Laura, speaking of some reverse retro, we got to throw it back because the Blue Jackets have won some hockey games and it's starting to feel like old times again. The Jackets are have a W in the win column. They've even got two of them. Laura, how are you feeling as we record after watching the Jackets defeat the Nashville Predators in quite the comeback? It's a miracle. I, to be honest, I haven't listened to our um, episode from Tuesday yet, so I don't remember specifically what we said. I'm pretty sure we thought we weren't winning either of these two. Actually, no, I think we thought we had a chance against Vancouver, but that we were definitely not going to win uh, tonight against the Predators. Um, so I'm very happy that we are, we were incorrect on part of that. And very happy to have a 2-3 record. Like, that feels so much better than a 1-4 record. Or an 0-5. Yeah, I mean, like, there's just... Or an 0-5 record, yes. <laughs> yeah, this definitely could be a lot worse than it is. And thankfully for the Blue Jackets, 2-3 and three does feel a lot better than 1-4. and four. And for m- moments in really both games, you thought that that could have been, been what happened. But I, I made a little comment at the beginning of the show talking about the reverse retro. And that's, of course, because as we all know by now, as you're listening to this show, the Jackets released their new reverse retro jersey that they'll wear a bit during the 22-23 season. So, Laura, I, I was nervous <laughs> about this, like from the jump. Um, we had it on good accord that the jerseys might be quote unquote weird, Mm -hmm. um, from, from somebody who, who gave us that piece of info. And I have to tell you though, I don't think weird when I see them, they're, they're not weird. I I think like when I think of weird, I think about like what the ducks wore in the first retro reverse, like iteration with like like, the kids drawing of the mighty ducks on it. Like, yeah, that like. That was a, a, a weird reverse retro jersey. Um, mm. <laughs> I don't know that I'd call this one weird. I think it worked. I think I'm personally happy with the fact that they went with a little bit more of a brighter blue on the sleeves. I know some people were like hit or miss about that. But there are also a lot of people who are like, the black just looks like you like you ran out of ink when you got to the navy blue. Like, So I, I like the brighter blue. I also love the old font. Like I'm always going to be a fan of the old font. I love the new font too. The the new type of you know the numbers and the names. But I always love those the that old font with those bubble letters. So Laura, what were your initial reactions? Um, I'm personally very happy that they're blue because as we talked about before, I was not a fan of the first reverse retro jersey because I. I just don't like us in red jerseys. Like they looked like Washington Capitals jerseys. Like I was just not a fan. So personally, I very, I very much so like that they are blue and that specific color blue. Granted, I haven't seen it in person, but it is a shade of blue that I wear frequently. Um, and that I like to wear. Um, so that made me like super happy, but I was telling you when, cause of course, 
you know, in the day and age of social media, nothing can be a surprise or a secret anymore. So like a lot of these jerseys got leaked yesterday and which is kind of a bummer because, you know, <laughs> they Adidas put like a lot of work into like the promo of them and like all the videos and everything. So from a marketing person standpoint, I feel a little bad that some people working in a warehouse were like, I'm going to take pictures of these and then put them on the internet. Um, but I told you yesterday that I wish that the black border on the bottom was either not there or the blue border on the bottom was either not there or like thin because it does like the black looks like it just awkwardly stops. Like they ran out of black fabric and had to put blue on the bottom, like to like make up for it. So I think they would look a lot cuter if the black went further down and it was just like a blue, like thin border on the bottom. But I think they did a lot better this time with like picking one of our former jerseys and like truly reversing it um, because there is the Blue Jackets did wear a jersey very similar to this early on um, in the franchise. Yeah, the the jersey that it's reverse retro of is an alternate jersey that they wore. I believe the years were from 2003 to 2007 that featured a navy blue like torso with the black sleeves with the stars going down it. So yeah, it's exactly, I mean, it is, it is a reverse retro Jersey in that sense. Uh, And, and I honestly, like there's a part of me that, so that Jersey obviously featured the, the logo on it that is currently on it. Like that was the the logo they used back then. And so it makes sense that it's it's the Jersey logo for this go around but i would have liked to have seen them use perhaps like i'm pretty sure the, the shoulder patches one is the, the original logo the other is the logo that has the kepi on it i would have liked to have seen them use one of those two and like maybe i just like to see a mock-up to decide whether or not i actually like that maybe i would lean more toward the kepi than i would because i don't know how i'd like like the the lime green being a part of that jersey but Nevertheless, I think it's definitely an improvement from last year, like you said, or not last year, I guess at this point, it was two years ago. Two but, years ago. Um, I I definitely am a big fan of them. Um, well, I'm a fan of them. I big fan was a little bit overzealous. They're 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 decent. Uh I don't they're definitely not toward the top in the league. Like, I mean, like see, this is to me like a much better all around um, you know reverse retro release from Adidas than I think the first round was. I, I think that there are a lot of teams that have have jerseys that I love. Um, you know, I we talked about how weird the Anaheim jersey was earlier. The Anaheim jersey, this go around, is simple, but it's so good. Like, it's just mm-hmm. so good. Um, Seattle getting their <laughs> reverse retro jersey also in their second season. You can't really pay a ton of homage to a, a Kraken reverse retro jersey, but that one's really good too. Those colors are always just going to look good when you put them on a sweater. So, and they were trying, sure. they were trying to pay a little bit of homage to like lower levels of hockey that have been present in Seattle. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if you saw this or not, but Seattle and Vegas got into like a weird Twitter snafu this afternoon. Um, 
because Seattle tweeted out like um, obviously the regular promo about the jerseys and um, Las Vegas was like um, hard to not go backwards in history and a team that's like only been here a year or something. And the Seattle um, media team did not take that very well. And so they got in like this weird, <laughs> like chirping back and forth situation. Um, but so that was kind of funny and interesting all at the same time. But yeah, I do like Seattle's. I really like um, LA's jerseys. Like, yeah, I, that, that they're they so look nice. Like if I was... Uh, very wealthy i would definitely be buying one of those for our friend pashi for her wedding because she loves the uh lakers colors and she is a queen so um i would definitely do that but yeah there's some there's some definitely some good ones i love florida's florida's is so cool with the palm tree and like it's it's easily the best one like i like i it has to be it's so good and I do have to laugh based on the situation with Arizona right now that two times in a row, Arizona's reverse retro jersey has been one of the best. I loved the one two years ago, and this one is also so good. Yeah, there, I mean, I think there are a lot more, or there are a lot fewer misses in this in this group than there were last go around. I like, I don't think the Red Wings have done a great job on either of them. Like the Red Wings go like it's not good. Like they brought back the bubbles. It's and like terrible. I get it. I get it, but it's not good. Like <laughs> it's just not good. And uh, you know, the the lightnings. Ugh. I was shocked because Nasher said that the lightnings was his number one. And I think that he's insane because that I it's I don't like it. It's I don't like it at all. And the yeah. Maple Leafs is literally their same jersey that they wear regularly. I mean, the Lightning one is, it definitely is reverse retro. Like, I mean, like, I give them that. I just, maybe it just doesn't help that I thought that their old logo was just ugly. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's also that. There, like that there's definitely that also help. that. That does not help. But, but Laura, of course... You know, we're taking 10 minutes at the beginning of this episode to talk about jerseys, which we've made fun of ourselves for doing when there's not content to talk about on the ice. But truly, there is some really good content coming from the ice these days for the Columbus Blue Jackets. The Blue Jackets, like we started the show off by saying, have have clawed back to a um, two and three record after picking up wins against Vancouver in overtime. And then this evening, or, or as you all are listening to it last night against the Nashville Predators. So, I mean, it makes sense to start with the Vancouver matchup and similar, like, I mean, like both of these games, like have a similar storyline, right? Like it starts with the jackets just not coming out of the gate strong. I will say that the, the key highlight player for me in both of these matchups, and I'm spoiling it a little bit for myself, probably when we come to the three stars is that Nick Blankenberg made his season debut against the Vancouver Canucks. And he was electric from the beginning, man. He like you, you could tell that he was coming out onto the ice with something to prove. And and even when the jackets started to fall early in that game, he still remained a bright spot. I think throughout all 60 plus minutes of that one, Laura, it was just really exceptional to see the blue jackets 
found a way to to be down to nothing to the to the Canucks, which is not something that they haven't done recently. Like they were down to nothing against the Blues the other night. That one didn't turn out well. So if you're a Blue Jackets fan, you obviously did not feel great about it <laughs> once once you saw your team go down to nothing because you kind of knew how that one went. But but nevertheless, they do find a way to claw back a little bit, Laura. They they find a way and uh, leave it to a guy named Justin Danforth. You heard of him? I have. He finds a way to get it done for the Jackets and, and brings them back within one. And um, two players who you're going to hear about a little bit more <laughs> later on, uh, Igor Chinnikov and Vladislav Gavrikov pick up the assists on that goal um, to, to give the Jackets a little bit of life in the second period. You know, they were able to, you know, hold off, hold off the Canucks who, uh, you know, they were able to limit to, to eight shots in the second period. They had... 12 shots on goal themselves. So they really started to control pace a little bit in the second period. And and they ended up going into the third down only two to one. Yeah. And then, um, which is also going to be a pattern over these two games is the blue jackets kind of really came to life in the third period. And, you know, I don't know what Lars is saying to them in the locker room between the second and the third, but it's doing something for them. And, you know, so Zach Rowensky quickly in the beginning of the third period is able to tie up the game 2-2. And then, of course, uh, the Canucks come back with a deflected goal going up again 3-2. And then the man we pay all the money and who is quickly becoming just a celebrity and you know, king of Columbus, Mr. Johnny Hockey, ties up the game 3-3 um, to lead us into overtime. So it was an absolute battle, but you could tell that it was a different team during the third period. And I think it's important to note that going into this game, both Vancouver and, of course, the Blue Jackets, we're 0-3. Um, the Canucks had and continued to um, put themselves in situations where they were up to nothing uh, or had a two goal lead and lost. So we were sort of banking on this like bad luck situation that they had going. Um, but yeah, so we go into overtime and Jeremy knows that I hate overtime. So I was I like do. rocking back and forth I do know um, <laughs> on my couch at home, uh, just like not handling it well. Cause it gives me so much anxiety, but none other than Vladislav Gavrikov gets his very first goal of the season and wins it all for the first win for the Columbus blue jackets and literally nationwide. I think, both screamed and took a deep breath all at the same time. Yeah, somehow, some way, we found a way to to have the fifth line double task a little bit there. <laughs> and I think the thing that really stands out to me about that third period, right, is is we managed to get out shot sixteen to ten. And I, I would argue, I think Vancouver did control the pace for most of that third period. I would uh, my my biggest takeaway from that third period is if. Johnny Goudreau isn't a blue jacket. We lose that game. Like Johnny Goudreau willed that goal into existence. That goal wasn't happening without Johnny Goudreau on this team. And we would be sitting at one and four. And frankly, after the performance tonight, we'd be sitting at zero and five. Anybody who wants to take any 
any time to tell me that the Jackets didn't do exactly what they should have done this offseason and investing as much money as they did in Johnny Goudreau is on some of that good shit because he looks amazing. He looks great in a, in a spot where a lot of people weren't sure he was going to thrive after Patrick Laine left the lineup. And this guy is just willing these goals into existence. He's not taking no for an answer and he's finding opportunities and he's putting the puck into the net. And that's not necessarily something the Jackets struggled with last year in terms of goal scoring, but man, his ability to break the game open has been absolutely outstanding. And the Jackets are scoring goals in ways that I think are different than last year. Because I, I think the most clear evidence of that, and I know we're only five games in, is that Boone Jenner doesn't have a goal. Like these players that score these greasy goals down, you know, like, I mean, like Sean Crowley, I believe has one, right? Like, but these players that are, you know, used to scoring these greasy goals and really taking advantage of the disruptions in front of the net, they're just not finding those, those pucks right now. They're not putting them away. And that's going to happen. That's going to ebb and flow. Right. But to be able to have a player like Johnny who could just break the game open when on a moment's notice, I mean, it reminds me a lot of watching the blue jackets when Artemi Panarin was on the team, right? Like anytime Artemi Panarin was on the ice, you knew that there was a chance. And I think you feel that way about Johnny Goudreau. I think you feel that way even stronger than you did about Artemi Panarin. In my opinion, Artemi Panarin's off to a great start at the start of the season. I don't want I don't mean any disrespect, but he's just Johnny hockey is, he earned the name like he has earned the nickname without a doubt uh and like you mentioned right like who else but vladislav gavrikov right like why wouldn't it be vladislav gavrikov who scores the game-winning goal in overtime i mean i don't think that any of us especially when you know that the jackets are sending out players like johnny goudreau <laughs> during during three-on-three overtime we all had vladislav gavrikov as a game-winning game-winning goal didn't we like no like of course we didn't right but I, we've got to give also a lot of mad respect to Igor Chinnikov's assists. Like he, he perfect play from him. He's looked outstanding so far at the start of the season. He doesn't have any goals, but he's been one hell of a playmaker, which I think is something that we don't talk about very much about Igor Chinnikov, but he's shown that he's capable of it. Kind of reminds me of Patrick Laine in that way, where everybody always talks about his ability to score, but doesn't really spend a lot of time talking about his ability to, to make a play happen. And, and I feel that way about Chinny so far at the start of the season, without a doubt. Yeah. I think that the, well, I think that Johnny, but also the entire team had to take a couple of days or a couple of games to adjust um, to Patrick being out of the lineup for the next couple of weeks. And I think we talked about it in the last episode where it's like, you know, that lineup of, Johnny Boone and Patrick has been cemented for for quite some time and I do think it threw off the team like I I think that they just weren't as prepared for something like that and you never are but in this circumstance like I I just don't think that they were ready and so those games two and three were the real adjustment period of trying to figure out what was going to work who you're going to give a chance to and and I think now in games four and five, we have seen that coming together. You've seen them starting to rally and to start believing in themselves, I think, a little bit more. And um, I believe it was Justin Danforth tonight after the game, which we'll talk about. But, you know, he said that Boone has been doing like 
a really great job in the locker room to motivate all the guys, to encourage all the guys, especially, you know, these younger ones who are hungry for their first goal. Um, I think tonight, more than anything, you saw a lot of them. They're not getting so frustrated that they're going to start, like, screwing things up, but they're definitely, like, really on the cusp of being, like, why I it just needs to go in. And then, you know, like, once it goes in, that things are going to just be on fire for them, hopefully, for the rest of the season. But, you know, I think that they are, as we always say, finding their way. Um, but it's just it's interesting to see. It's also very stressful that they like to do this thing now where they are terrible, not terrible, but where they are struggling through the first half of the game. I mean, is that that that, new though? No, but like, I think typically they would at least like, if they were going to go down, it would be like two, one or like, three, two, something like that. Never, not as often this like solid two O situation through the first period. And uh, for like four seconds was three zero um, tonight. If for the first time, and I think the last four years, another team had a goal called off for um, offsides, but you know, I just think it's very stressful. And I think it's, it's stressful for them and for, and tonight, especially, I think they were just really slow in the first period. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. And, and just to rehash last season for everybody, because I'm sure we're all really lamenting on <laughs> not, <laughs> not having that. Uh, Pre Johnny hockey. <laughs> yeah, no, without a doubt. So the jackets uh, one, if I'm reading this website, right, this is coming from morehockeystats.com. 23 games after being down uh, 18 after being down one and five after being down two. So obviously, you know, already two fifths of the way to, to tying last year's tally, but man, the Florida Panthers came back from a three goal deficit or more five times last season. Wow. Foul. That. That is absolutely foul. And I do think last year we had, at least for like half or three quarters of the season, we had like the record in the NHL for the most comeback wins for a while. Yeah, we finished the season with 23. There are a handful of teams with more. So St. Louis had 25, Tampa Bay, Minnesota had 25, New York had 27, and Florida had 29. So they ended up, yeah, because I really – the reality is, I think they just kind of started losing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like I didn't say I didn't say there. that we like started getting better. I just no, no. <laughs> I think like in and around like January we probably had the most, and then our performance really started falling because we started having a bunch of injuries and um, all that sort of stuff. But and then other teams, I'm sure, who were fighting truly fighting for a playoff spot, were like doing everything and having these dramatic like comebacks and all that sort of stuff. So I do think we held it till like January. <laughs> Definitely. And 
you know, Alyssa, you don't necessarily want to be on is, is one of the jackets are currently on right now. And, and so is their opponent on Tuesday. And that's the list of teams that have, have lost more than more than one game after having uh, been up in it. And so the jackets obviously have lost two of those, uh, two of those instances have lost. And then uh, Tampa Bay and Ottawa and New Jersey also in the same boat. And then San Jose and Vancouver have a whopping four. So glad we're not there. Glad we are not there. Glad we could put Vancouver there, courtesy of a, a really great game by the Jackets. And it's just exciting to see them win again. And I know that that meant a lot to them to get that off the board. And it does a lot of like what you said, I think, like about, you know, these these newcomers just trying to score their first goal. And once they do, the floodgates will open, right? I think it's very similar. Once the Jackets got that first win, they needed – I mean, like, if they didn't win against Vancouver, right? Like, we look at this schedule right now, and it's brutal, right? Like, you don't have the confidence coming out of Vancouver. Who, who knows if they play as well as they did in the second and third period against Nashville tonight? We don't have to know, which is a plus, but you have to think about it, right? And so the Jackets don't end up having to worry about that one. They get the win against Vancouver – and, uh, you know, I, I can't think of any better way to celebrate a win um, than uh, what, Laura? Talking about DraftKings? Yeah, I can't. Yeah, I mean, a win is a win, but a win on DraftKings means that you're getting money. And so that's my favorite kind of win. And I'll tell you that right now, because hockey fans, as you all know, it's finally time to hit the ice again. And thanks to DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, you're in for the season of a lifetime. New customers can bet just $5 on any team and get $200 in free bets if they win. So you've got a couple of matchups coming up this weekend for the Jackets, whether you like their matchup against Pittsburgh, whether you like their matchup against New York. You know, the possibilities are endless more than likely going to open up as underdogs in both of those matchups. So you're going to make some coin if the Jackets win. So you're going to want to check that one out. Uh, but if that's not enough excitement for you, you can definitely turn small bets into bigger payouts with same game parlay. So you can combine multiple bets, like which team will win, how many goals will be scored and more for your shot in an even bigger payout. Best of all, DraftKings is safe, secure and reliable. You can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Bet $5 on any NHL team to win their game and get $200 in free bets if they do. That's code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. And Laura, you are a happy camper if you put money down on the Blue Jackets tonight. I actually saw a tweet from, I want to say it might have been Anthony Rothman, who is a, a DJ. Well, DJ is not the right word. <laughs> a host on 97.1 on air personality yeah, mm. yeah. and uh, he said the jackets opened the third period i think at plus 750 or like plus 725 and he said what the hell i'll throw some money down on it and uh i'd like to know how much he threw down on it because if he threw down a, a pretty penny then uh good news first round at the r bar this weekend is on is on anthony rothman but <laughs> yeah <laughs> the jackets man the start of that game laura the start of that game against Nashville was rough sauce, man. It was it was not good. It was it, it looked like a completely different team than the team that wrapped up the game against Vancouver the night before, or not the night before, but two nights before. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they were. It was it was a noticeable difference. Like they were just not moving their feet. We had, I believe, Nashville had three penalties. 
in the first period, which was just killing, um, you know, some of our more regular skaters. Because if you don't play on the penalty kill and you have three penalties in one period, you're not getting a ton of ice time. Um, and that was a big thing for Igor Chinnikov tonight because he doesn't play on the kill. And so he had, I think, like two minutes and 35 seconds in all the first period. Um, but I mean, thankfully, we were able to kill off um, all three of their penalties um, in the first rolled over to the second. Um, but they were just they were slow. Like they did not. I mean, I don't know if they like carboloaded too much before the game, but they were just having a hard time. And even Elvis, too, um, he just wasn't as sharp as he normally is, and which allowed for those um, two goals. Because um, I think they both came, yeah, they both came in the first period. But yeah, it just, they were a different team than what we saw at the end of the game on Tuesday. Um, but thankfully that as we rolled over into the second period, um, like we've been saying, they kind of get this fire lit in them basically at like the 10 minute mark in the second period. It's like, for some reason they all get like a, a, a switch is flipped and they realize that they're like, time is running out. And so they need to do something or, you know, like bad things are going to happen. So they get freaked out and then they start just really playing their game. But absolutely no one saw this coming. Um, Cause we do, we try to do a contest pretty regularly of where we ask people on Twitter um, who's going to score the first goal for the blue jackets in a game. And I don't think in a million years, anyone would have said this person, but Jake Bean uh, put the blue jackets on the board in the second period and that was kind of i mean it was oddly like the match to like the fight like the match to the kindling or whatever for the blue jackets weirdly enough and you know jeremy i know you have a lot of feelings about jake bean so i really want to know what was going through your head when he started things out for us tonight i most people can get one in the NHL. I don't know. I just <laughs> like <laughs> it was a good shot, and like prematurely, you know, it happens right at the end of of the Blue Jackets power play there. So I actually had thought that it was the the first power play goal of the year, and basically well, everyone yeah. thought that. But yeah. Jeff Rimmer rained on everyone's parade. <laughs> yeah, and so Jeff Rimmer and Father Time alike. Although sometimes I think they might be the same person, and so. The the Jackets, you know, you take what you can get out of Jake Bean right now. I mean, he's not coming out of the lineup for whatever reason. And so I, I think, like, this is kind of a tangent. I, I think Jake Bean is benefiting a little bit from the fact that Adam Boquist's expectations are higher because it feels more disappointing the start of the season that Adam Boquist had than, than the way that Jake Bean has played because the expectations are higher. And so, therefore, Bokey's the one that comes out. But – yeah, I mean, you know, it's not something that we don't know about Jake Bean. Like, Jake Bean can can score. He can, you know, he can do all of the things that a defenseman, you know, it's a nice value add if they're a good defenseman. Um, and, well, I'll just say that. Uh, it's a value add if a good defenseman, emphasis on good defenseman, 
a good defenseman <laughs> can add some offense into their toolkit. And so, yeah, he he gets the scoring started for the Jackets, and really, like a minute and a half later, so <laughs> the Preds regain their two goal lead and. And for the Jackets, that's obviously not a spot that you want to find yourself in. You feel like you're building a little bit of momentum. I agree with you in that, you know, they really controlled play in the second and third periods, both. And so to to not necessarily go into the third period with, you know, just being within one, that's tough for a team to swallow, I think. You go in the locker room, it's not obviously a last-minute goal. You still have some time left in the second period to do some work, but they don't, they don't get it done, and, and that's the kind of thing that can be really deflating for a team, especially a younger team. And and I know the Blue Jackets have gotten just a little bit older this year. <laughs> I think they're fifth youngest in the league. But nevertheless, there's still a lot of players that don't always find themselves in these situations. And so for Johnny Goudreau to come out and for Nick Blankenberg – to find him streaking into the Predators zone, uh, you know, is a beautiful, beautiful feed from Blanks. And Johnny Goudreau does what Johnny Goudreau does, and he scores, right? Like, he makes it a 3-2 hockey game only 38 seconds into that third period. And that's, like, I mean, major turning point, right? Because, I mean, if you start that period and you let Nashville push, then, you know, you could be shit out of luck pretty quick, right? Like, this Nashville team is good like they might not necessarily be off to the start that i think they want to be out to but this team you know can score and they can score often (laughs) and so if you're the jackets that is exactly what you wanted out of the start of that third period and you know you had to wait a little bit for that next one to come through right it kind of felt like i don't know if you felt similarly but it kind of just felt like the opportunities were there. They just weren't happening. And it felt like it was going to be one of those nights where you look at the shot clock, you see that the Jackets have outshot the Predators by quite a bit. I don't know what the final tally was, but it was definitely in favor of the Jackets. I want to say it was like low 40s to mid 20s. And so for the Jackets. 40, 42 to 26. Look at me go. I killed that. Um, but for for the Jackets, it just felt like it was one of those nights where you were going to look at everything and then you're going to look at the final score and those things weren't going to align. <laughs> and then who else again, but Justin Danforth who comes through, he scores his second goal in as many games, I believe. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so, man, he's taking advantage of every, every opportunity he gets. That line has looked good. I I'm really enjoying seeing what they're putting together right now because at the 12 minute mark, well, 1207, the Jackets tied it up, and it – I mean, that arena just exploded. That – you can say all you want about Columbus hockey fans, but it's one thing that we love, and it's a hard worker. And and Justin mm. Danforth is that, right? I mean, like, his story is, is exactly that. The way he plays the game is exactly that. And so when that's the guy that you have tying the game, giving you an opportunity to get a win at home, that's electrifying nothing but joy in the stands for Justin Danforth after he scored that goal tonight uh, to give the Jackets a 3-3 tie against the Predators. And then, well, then the building really blew up. Yeah. it. Um, this, this night took on like a whole new energy. Like, yes, we talked about, you know, Bean gets, gets things going. And then Johnny, of course, like, really brings back the hope early on in the third period and you know obviously like you were talking about that like frustration between the 38 seconds it took for Johnny to score and then 
us Danforth not scoring until 12 or 12 minutes in. Um, and that frustration that happened in between those two situations, I think we can go back to say these players who still haven't gotten their first goal yet for the season, like had so many opportunities and like so many good looks and like, you can you can tell like Ken Johnson, you know Igor Chinikov, Yakov Voracek, like all of them had so many opportunities tonight, and it just like was not going <laughs> the way that they wanted because the Predators goaltender, God love him, like was just he was really good tonight. Like he made a lot of really good saves and was you know trying his damnedest to like not. Um, not let, I think, Sorrows down because he is the backup goalie and, you know, he <laughs> really wants a solid, a solid impression on um, their number one goaltender. But, you know, then you come along to, again, similarly to Justin Danforth, just a player with an incredible story, making playing only his second game this season, um, you know, Nick Blankenberg and... You talk about it erupting when Dan Danforth scored. Man, yeah. My TV was vibrating. It was stupid. Like Nick Blankenberg scores this goal and just everyone, like every single human, Predators fan, Blue Jackets fan, person working at Nationwide Arena, like every single person was just yelling like it was incredible and that's the kind of thing that i love so much about our fan base is that like like you said these these hard worker players and like nick knows that he has to work every single second of every single shift that he has because he has to earn that spot right because adam boquist who is a, a senior senior level player. He has a couple more years in the league over Nick, obviously, is waiting in the wings. Like, because he and Nick play are the same handed um, on defense, like, that's why Adam is sitting and why Bean isn't coming out because they are the same side of the defensive pair. So he has to earn it. And he is incredible like in johnny's post in johnny's post game interview tonight um which i don't know how nick will feel about this when he hears it but johnny called him just a great little hockey player they're the same height (laughs) coming from johnny goudreau they're the same height and i also think that they are only maybe three or four years age difference because Nick is 24. Yeah, I know. That's the piece about this whole thing that's so fascinating, right? Is like you talk about like Adam Boquist, like shit, Nick Blankenberg's two years older than Adam Boquist, if not three. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not sure exactly how the calendar lays out for those two, but but yeah, I mean, it's stuff like that where I'm just like, oh my God. Yeah, no, it's just mind boggling. And it's exactly the kind of story that I think just plays so well in Columbus. Like it just plays plays so well the only way it plays better is if he would have been a free agent signee from from the ohio state university as opposed (laughs) to that school up north but i digress on that i mean it's just like you said absolutely electric and and even after johnny goudreau scores his second of the night an empty netter 
you know, to, to give the Dragons a 5-3 lead and eventually, you know, to a final score of 5-3, to three, the place was electric. Like, that, like, Thursday nights are, like, hit or miss with the Jackets, right? Like, you never know. A lot of it depends on the opponent. A lot of it depends on, you know, if there's anything else going on in Columbus or if they're, you know, is, is, if it's a long weekend coming up or things like that, right? But, man, that the, the fifth line was loud tonight, especially after – after everything that happened, I think there have been a couple moments. I mean, like I felt this way at the, at the home opener where I was like, you've got to, you sometimes have got to earn the fifth lines energy. Mm-hmm. Like, and I don't know. I, I don't know how much like I agree with that like concept in the sense of like, we know that Columbus only cares about a winner. Like in most cases, that's like what this city is as a sports city is like, Ohio State has made us a really spoiled group of people who don't know how to handle and or support a team when they're not winning. Mm-hmm. And I think about like, like my first thought is, you know, when the Jackets started to give up the lead against Tampa Bay in game four of, of the 2019 Stanley Cup playoffs, where after every goal, I think we were up 3-1 at one point, and then it was 3-2, and then it was 3-3. And it, after every single Tampa Bay goal, that arena was fucking chaotic. It was loud. It was cheering on the team that that they loved because they knew that it had something and that, like, you felt a part of it. And that should be every game. Like, it doesn't matter if the Jackets are down. That should be every game, right? Like, I, like, I would love to see more of that. But <laughs> it makes these moments where, you know, a player like Nick Blankenberg – does what he does that place erupts it makes that a little bit more special i think in that columbus is not just like always like <laughs> as hardcore yeah. as, as i think it should be and as i think you and i feel but and i think like most of the people that we interact with and know feel that way but i think we need to talk about a casual fan they're not doing a, a cbj when you're down three one right like so i think that they the fifth line makes you earn it but when you do it's worth it well, and it, it goes back to, I I own two shirts with this saying on it because I have a problem when Homage uh, releases things, but it goes back to that, that he's not our coach anymore, but it goes back to that saying that Torts did in the 2019 playoff situation where it's like, it's a mindset of believing. And I think the more the team believes in themselves, the more the fans are going to be better at riding through these like games where we are down in the beginning. And I think the fans are going to see more of the impact that they can have on how the team plays, because I mean, I've only been to one other hockey arena, but like there is nothing like being in nationwide when the fifth line is just so excited and just everyone is on the same page of like this is we're gonna do this like let's you know everyone's cheering like everyone's paying attention to what chants are going on because that's my other like weird semi-favorite thing is when like everything's kind of like not mediocre but like mid during a game and like one side you'll hear going see B, J, and then the other one like is going, let's go jackets, like, and you're just like someone pick a side, like, we just need, or like, where's Stinger with the drum so people know what to do Um, but, you know, people just get engaged and I think if we can continue having these moments, like, the fifth line will 
And like, again, we've talked about it before. There are a lot of new people in this situation. Like the, what the team did over the off season has brought a lot of people who maybe were super casual fans before or not fans at all. Like, so there's like a learning process as a fan. Um, but yeah, I think the more and more that they realize the impact and because we have so many home games in the first part of this, of this season, um, that's going to be a very like mutually beneficial relationship between the team and the fans. Man, this schedule sucks, doesn't it? Like the more, like <laughs> the more you break it down. I mean, obviously the, the teams that you're playing in this first part of the season, I mean, woof going and having to fly internationally to play the reigning Stanley cup champion wolf like, and then on top of that, you've got all of these home games. I think it was like 16 of the first 24 or something like that, that mm-hmm. I saw today. And then you have to like, if you play a lot of home games at the front end, guess what that means about the back end. It means that you play a lot of games on the road. And so if the jackets are lucky enough to be playing a lot of meaningful hockey in March and April, those games are, are going to be played a bit away from Nationwide Arena, and the Jackets are going to have to to be just as good on the road as they are at home, even without the fifth line's energy. So it was a good night tonight. Obviously, the streamers fall on the streamers bitch. Streamers, bitch. I, somebody tweeted that, and I did quote tweet it, but then I did think, I was like, I... I don't know when I first started hearing people say streamers, bitch, but I feel like I loved that it came back a little bit tonight. I mean, you know, I love that. Like, it was one of the first sayings when I first started being a fan that I was like, this is this is me. Like, I like to yell it when it happens. Well, it's, it was... It was part of our concept for our our, our logo design, and one day we will make a streamers bitch shirt. We will. Hopefully, people buy it. That is that is absolutely the hope, and I think uh, it's funny to me because you would you would even like it more. I think based on the drama that Blue Jackets Twitter found itself in with Penguins Twitter years ago when. The Penguins were like, Penguins fans, I should say, definitely ragged on like, okay, you won a regular season game and you blow off fucking streamers. Okay, like get a grip, like on reality, win something that matters. And like, to be fair, (laughs) I don't know if it's like a terrible argument, but of course, Blue Jackets fans like were ride or dies, right? So we were like, actually, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. And then we were like, you know, um, that was the banter. So I feel like you would even resonate and maybe even like there's an energy about it to you still that you can feel that's kind of like recognizing that the streamers are symbolic of a middle finger to the Penguins that you're probably yeah. really enjoying. I'll even if you didn't know you were enjoying it. I'll ride that train till the end of time. Because like I as any good Blue Jackets fan should, hate the Penguins. And I don't like being around their fans. And I'm, like, not a hateful person. I just cannot. Like, Jeremy and I have had conversations before about, like, our future, like, spouses. And he was like, (laughs) neither one of us can marry anyone who is a Pens fan. Like, that's just not possible. Like, his no. dad almost disowned both of us during the fantasy draft because 
we were going <laughs> to, there was a potential we would have drafted a Pence player. Like we, it's just not a thing. So anything that like drives them insane is great for me. And the streamers are like, they just make me so happy. Like, I just love, I think they're so pretty. I have several of them. I don't know why, but they're just like one of my favorite, like free souvenirs from a game. Um, but yeah, so fuck you, Pittsburgh. We're going to shoot off as many streamers as we want to. That we are. And before we start to close this show up, I do just have one more thing to say. Yes. Fuck Jeff Carter. <laughs> anyway. Um, as he should. <laughs> anywho, uh, Laura, do you have anything else on your radar other than, well, wait, we didn't. We yeah, we have to pre stars. Oh my God, we're at a 50 minute episode and we haven't even done our three stars. This is a challenge for you. You have to give me I have three them. stars. I have them. Three minutes. You have three minutes to do your three stars. We'll go back and forth, but we'll each get three minutes. That's your challenge. We also have to um, preview the next few games. Oh my God. They're playing games and it'll be great. Um, no. So uh, go ahead. I'll let you lead. I don't remember. Okay. We haven't done this in a minute, so I don't remember who did it last. You can start. Who knows? We It's been months. Anyway, so my three stars for this evening, or for the last two games. Um, third star... We're going to go with Justin Danforth. We talked at length about how much he is bringing to this team. Um, he's played a huge role in the last two games. So aces, buddy, you're doing great. My, I'm going to change it. My, oh my second star is uh, Nick Blankenberg. Cause same thing. He's, I mean, the whole just attitude of the team. He got the Kepi the other night from Boone for not even getting on the score sheet, but just for pushing so hard the whole game and motivating that team to get the win over the Canucks. And like, I just, I just am in awe and I'm, I'm just very excited for him. I also think he's potentially lighting a bit of a, even more of a fire under his, Buddy Kent Johnson because <laughs> I because Kent still has not got his first regular season NHL goal so and Nick has now um, but and then lastly my number one star because he's just he's reigniting a a love and a spirit and a something that I have loved so deeply for the last five years and that people have you know waned on and off with but I think is really endearing in Columbus and I have to give it to to Johnny like he's just every time he scores it's almost like you know how they say every time a baby laughs an angel gets its wings or whatever like it's almost like every time Johnny scores the goal like 50 more Blue Jackets fans arrive like it's just it's magical like I just am so excited and he gave an interview the other day and he was just, he was making fun of himself. Cause he said, I, I finally don't have to use my GPS to get to the arena. And he's like, but I'm excited. Cause I get to do this. I get to do this drive for the next seven years. And like, 
that's just, that's everything for me. Like he's starting to bring back the pieces of the things I love so much about Cam and his dedication to not only the team, but the city. So my number one is Johnny. So I'm glad you changed it. So that way we didn't have the same top two <laughs> um, because I think my three. So, um, you know, I, I think I'm going to go with Igor Chinnikov. So Chinny has played lights out. He had, I believe, another two assist game tonight. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Had a two assist game against Vancouver. He's now sitting at four points so far on the season. And that's exactly what you want, right? Like we talked about it a little earlier. People don't talk about him as a playmaker as much. He's been that so far for the Jackets. And I think that that's been really exciting to see. It's only a matter of time before he's finding the back of the net. And I think that that's a really, really good sign for us as we continue to to try to figure out what the offense looks like without Patrick Laine. Although good news, he's progressing seemingly well and maybe faster than we thought initially. So like small little sidebar there, good news there. I, and then I think like for some similar reasons, like, well, actually like agree with your emotional reasons. But then on the ice, right? I mean, like this guy, like I said earlier, like people didn't know if he was going to be able to produce without Patrick Laine, and he is like almost with ease. His second multi-point game with the Blue Jackets, and we're five games into the season. He's looking really good. Like he's just making it look so easy, and that's just like I mentioned earlier, just such a good place for the Jackets to be in. And my number one star is is Nick Blankenberg, right? Like obviously the game-winning goal tonight, which is so clutch. I mean, he also so instrumental in, in Johnny Goudreau's first goal of the night, and he's able to to really inject some life back into the team. But I think it's exactly what you said, right? Like, it's the injection of energy back into this lineup. You know, I, I don't often like to tell folks that my dad is right about a sports opinion because sometimes I think I think I'm the one that's right. Um <laughs> And not that we disagreed on this, but he has been eager for Nick Blankenberg to get back in this lineup because he, like a lot of us, sees Nick Blankenberg as somebody who is like just an energy guy. Like he is a he is a guy who comes in the lineup and he injects something that wasn't there before, and that's exactly what this team needed. And I, it is probably more so coincidence than it is like causation, but Jackets are two and zero with Nick Blankenberg in the lineup. It just is what it is. That's just the facts. Dems the facts. And Nick Blankenberg has been lights out. He's my number one star so far for the week without a shadow of a doubt. And he's got a chance to, to keep it going, too, with a couple of really tough opponents coming up. He does. Didn't you tell me that your dad had, like, the most popular comment on a Blue Jackets yes. Facebook post about, and it was about, yeah, specifically about Nick Blankenberg. Yeah, my dad's a little bit of a Nick Blankenberg fanboy, which I respect because clearly, hey, right, like Christmas gift ideas since he's liking this Blankenberg kid. Nah, so. listen, he doesn't wear jerseys though. Like, he's not a jersey wearer. But you could get him like a jersey. Like I think he would wear that left. I think he'd be less likely to wear a jersey than it would be to wear a jersey. Really? Yeah, he's like if he's gonna get anything, it's gonna be like a pullover. Like he's not really like, uh, especially like going to games. He would never wear a t-shirt to a game. Like he would, and also this is not the space for it. We'll go off about it another time. <laughs> Jerseys are stupid for arenas. 
Yes, because you always have to wear have something to over wear. them. Yeah, it's dumb. It's stupid. I digress. But yes, so, so Nick Blankenberg and the rest of the Blue Jackets are going to have a, a really great opportunity to see if they can keep this one going, this momentum going into Saturday's matchup against the Penguins and then Sunday's matchup against the Rangers. I mean, no easy task coming up. I mean, at least you've got the Penguins at home. You feel okay about that. You're probably going to, I mean, I would assume you're starting Tarasov in one and, and Merzlikens in the other, but I, it's just a matter of. But how do you choose? Because both of these teams are having just, I mean, the Rangers more so than the Penguins, but like they're not far off. But it's just two very tough circumstances. And, ooh. and it's two goalies that haven't looked good to start the season. I'm sorry. I'm going to say it because I think you're a little afraid to say it. No, I'm not afraid to say it. I said it earlier on that Elvis did not have a good first half of the game tonight. Like, I'm, I'm, I don't like being like this with any player, the exception of Emil Bemstrom. But, like, <laughs> I... <laughs> You know, who's weirdly like doing well in Cleveland. So I'm actually like kind of happy for him. But, um, you know, I just think with with any player, like it's better to try and find like the silver linings when they're not doing well, because being completely like shitting on them doesn't put any good energy into the universe. And I'm like a very energy oriented person. So, you know, Elvis is just. I mean, I don't think the beginning of this season is any different than any other season that Elvis has started with us because it takes him a minute to, like, get in his rhythm. But then when he gets in his rhythm, like, things are very consistent for the most part. And with Terry, like, we fed him to the wolves. So with those first few games and hopefully he doesn't have too much PTSD because whichever one he starts you know, or there could be the thing where Elvis like demands to start both games, both Pittsburgh and New York, because he wants to be playing consistently. Um, but it's just in a, a back-to-back with travel, like it's not a great situation for the Blue Jackets. And it's an earlier start on Sunday too. It's a five o'clock start. So it's not even like you've got the full 24 hours between puck drop. It's, it's, 22 so i mean you've got an a less two hours in terms of your preparation and in terms of your ability to rest up from the game yeah because they're gonna they're gonna leave immediately after the game on saturday night and we'll surely go into overtime because why wouldn't it on a night that they have to travel to new york yes and because it's pittsburgh so of course and so they're gonna get into new york and like one two o'clock in the morning sleep ish and then you know practice or whatever and it's just it's gonna be a lot for them but what i think might be a little bit easier is when they face off against arizona on tuesday next week um at home because it just might be i think it'll i don't even know what arizona's um record is right now it's bad. bad okay all right cool love that um and also we are we are doing um a three-game preview because we are only releasing one episode next week um, Jeremy is going to be in Chicago all week long for a training conference situation. Um, so his schedule is going to be 
insane. And as you all know, I don't know how to do any of this stuff without him. So, um, <laughs> so I need him. It's not like I could do like a solo episode. Um, cause it would end up just me being like recording on my phone and it would be terrible. But also but, because you devastated to not do this show without me. Duh. That's the main reason, right? Absolutely. Well, I miss you all I'm the getting, time. Though, right. I mean, both of us talked about each other pretty much a lot when we did those episodes with Steven. At least I, I talked about you a lot. Yours was nice. And mine was just like, Laura probably said this and she's wrong because. Yeah, there was that. I am much more complimentary than you are usually, but it's okay. I still That's love true. you. That's true. Yeah. The Coyotes uh, lost tonight six to two to the Canadians. Ooh, love and, that. Yeah. Um, but they did beat the, I mean, they did beat the Maple Leafs last week. So, I mean, well, like. You know, I loved, oh my gosh, I saw the, I don't know if the Leafs played tonight or if he got a goal, but I did see this earlier today and it just filled my heart with so much joy that Nick Felino has more goals this season than Austin Matthews. That's hilarious. Yeah. Austin Matthews didn't score a goal. He had, it looks like he had an assist. But they did beat the Maple, or they beat the Stars three two in overtime. That's fine for them, but that did bring me just like so much joy. I safe bet might be that they don't finish that way though. Oh yeah, I highly doubt <laughs> that the person who got put on waivers to go down to the AHL um, is going to come back and uh, outscore Austin Matthews, the NHL's golden child. Yeah, I would say there's probably there's probably some validity to that, but but hey, we'll take it while we can get it. That he is, is true. Beating his former teammate of like six games because <laughs> he got injured. <laughs> Poor guy. <laughs> but Laura, what else is on your radar? Since I'm forgetting about everything that we do during a podcast. Clearly, what would you do without me? Um, you know, the only thing really to say is, uh, well, we didn't say it earlier, but the first time that you'll get to see the Blue Jackets in their new reverse retro jerseys is the November 23rd game um, at home against, I believe, Montreal. Yes. Um, so that'll be the first time that they are wearing those new jerseys and they will be wearing them with black pants and black helmets, which thank the Lord, because I was really afraid that for some reason they were going to try and match that jersey with red pants and it was going to be just a nightmare on ice. But I think it'll look really nice. So we shall see. But they're actually wearing them a lot. They're wearing them four times in December. So you're going to get to see these, these brand new jerseys quite a bit. And then lastly, I'm just like super jealous of anyone who gets to, if you're listening to this on Friday, anyone who gets to go to the camp concert that's happening tonight in nationwide arena um and i hope that all of their beautiful music just leaves a lovely burst of positive energy in the arena for the game on saturday because we will need all of it against pittsburgh girl i'm gonna need you to listen to camp's entire discography because there's not always positive energy in a camp discography <laughs> but it's just like it's a nice like you know like calming like you know just peaceful vibes they are peaceful vibes. That is true. Yeah. We're going to set the mood with a peaceful vibe before the people who everybody perceives as our biggest rival comes into town and we'll hopefully knock the shit out of them. That's the hope. The hope that is, is the that hope. We, we create a little bit of a dichotomy there in, <laughs> in how this happens. But, but yes. Yeah, so 
I'm also very jealous of everybody who's doing that. I saw camp in February. It's actually like so serendipitous that like I had just moved to Grand Rapids and the, and their tour came through a, a place that I could walk to for a concert, and that was my yeah. First it was like time. your first solo like outing in Grand Rapids. Yeah. Yeah, for the most part it was. And so um so yeah, it was fun to to do that there, but they're so good. They're so good. I and their new album is also so good. I just also love old camp though. Like not that old new camp is any different than old camp, but like that's just like the music that you fall in love with the band too, like that's the music that like really is good in my soul and so that's exactly where I'm at with camp, but but Laura, I'm sure we'll be tweeting about our sadness related to not being at the camp concert, but we'll obviously also be, uh, you know, this weekend, I probably can do a little bit of tweeting about the games, but unfortunately uh, next week, Laura, you'll be the one that's doing all of the, all of the tweeting for the most part, if I'm not able to watch a game. And so Laura, tell all the people where they can, they can follow along with our manic stream of consciousness. Absolutely. Um, you can follow us on social media on Twitter and Instagram at Subjectively Pod. You can follow us on Facebook at Subjectively Speaking. If you would like to check out our super cool website that has links to all of the stuff that I'm about to talk to you about um, and has some great information about us and will hopefully have some new features over the next couple of months, you can go to Subjectively Speaking. Com. Um, and if you would like to support your two favorite hockey podcasters and get some super cool merch in return, you can visit our brand new merch store, subjectivelymerch.com. It does currently have our Here's Johnny logo, as well as our traditional classic um, podcast logo with the hockey stick microphone and Ohio flag. Uh, as I've said over and over, and we will get to it eventually, we will add our other logos and hopefully a few new designs over the course of this season. Um, so keep an eye out for that. And then lastly, you can rate, review, and subscribe on whatever podcast platform you're listening to us on, especially if you are on Apple Podcasts. Scroll on down, hit five stars. It is our favorite number. And again, Thank you to everyone who helped us reach our goal, but also like, we don't know how the algorithm works. We just know that stars and comments and subscriptions and all that craziness helps us get noticed in the hockey podcast charts and helps us to build um, this little community of ours. So we just appreciate you all so much and we couldn't do it without you. That is very true. We think the world of you and we hope you think the world of us. Because yes. you've made it this far. And if you made it this far, you probably like us a little bit. And uh, we just hope that you all take care of yourselves. You take care of one another. And we will talk to you all very shortly. We'll be back next week. Hopefully we're talking about a couple of Blue Jackets wins. I'm rooting for like at least three points in this stretch. That's my goal. And so if we're under three, maybe I'll be sad on Wednesday. But that's my goal. I'm keeping it realistic. So uh, we'll talk to you all soon. But take care of yourselves. And we appreciate you. Bye.